Aloha, e koma mai, and welcome aboard. Welcome to this week's version of the Just Cruisin' Podcast. I'm Larry Jackson, owner of Cruise Holidays of Vieira, and I'll be your cruise director for this week's podcast. And thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, the, our podcast is entitled The Long and Winding Road, and it's being recorded on Thursday morning, November 5th, 2020. And glad you're with us. And let me tell you what we're going to do today. We're going to examine in depth the CDC's framework for conditional sailing and initial phase COVID-19 tested testing requirements for crew members. And this is the order that was issued last Friday uh, to replace the no-sale order that expired on Halloween, October 31st. Uh, before we get started, I uh, want to tell you a little story that's kind of relevant to what's going on in today's uh, uh, issues with the presidential election. Uh, today, November 5th, is the 20th anniversary of my uh, wedding with Linda Jackson, the co-owner of Cruise Holidays of Vieira, who you hear me reference here on the podcast. And it was also the anniversary of the day of my first cruise 20 years ago. Um, we got married on a cruise ship in Port Canaveral. It was the Sovereign of the Seas, which was just uh, recently uh, cut apart and dismantled because of the COVID-19 pandemic that uh, caused the suspension of sailing that we're talking about today. But anyway, we uh, had decided to get married on the ship, and it was on Sunday, November 5th, 2000. Uh, we boarded the ship with uh, about uh, 10 or 15 uh, co-workers from where we were working at the time, along with uh, my cousin, my father, uh, who was my best man, and then one of Linda's uh, good friends who was her maid of honor. And we boarded the Sovereign of the Seas around 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, if you have not considered uh, a wedding uh, aboard a ship, it is a fantastic way to get married. It's very, very easy and very inexpensive, relatively speaking. Anyway, so we, we boarded before all the other passengers around 11 o'clock in the morning. We were able to go to our stateroom at the time. Uh, we, we had a junior suite aboard the Sovereign Seas. Again, the Sovereign Seas was one of the, was the first cruise purpose-built ship. It was built to be a cruise ship, not to be an ocean liner. And she was really radical at the time with uh, what, we, what we were carrying at the time, I think, 1,900 passengers. And she was the biggest ship there was around. And it was a really, really big deal to uh, to be on board the Sovereign Sea. So anyway, we got on board. Uh, we were able to board early as you can do with weddings. Now, the nice thing about a cruise ship wedding is it's pretty much all self-contained. And you pay one price for everything you get the uh you get the venue the room we got married in one of the lounges on the ship you get the officiating officer uh in our case it was one of the uh female crew members was a um i forgot what her job was i think she was in um she was in the hotel operation anyway and then she was the officiant who married us you get uh, the photographer uh, right after we were married. The photographer took us around all over the ship, and we did our wedding photos uh, in our in Linda's wedding gown and my tuxedo. And the nice thing about the wedding photographer was we only had to pay for the pictures that we wanted. We didn't have to buy them all, so we didn't have to pay someone to come take photos. And then you know, you, you had a flat rate for the whole ceremony. Um, the wedding cake was included. We uh, had drinks for our guests. 
uh, after the wedding. And so we we had the wedding. We went and took our photographs. Our guests uh, stayed for the reception. Then they all got off the ship, and uh, we sailed away on our honeymoon. So that's a really nice thing about it. You don't have to worry about getting changing clothes, going to the airport, getting transportation. You just, there you are on your honeymoon. So that's a really nice thing about uh, shipboard weddings. And if you're interested in pursuing this, uh, please give us a call at Cruise Holidays of Vieira, 321-242-1331. Or visit our website, justcruisinviera.com. And that's got ways to reach us via email if you'd like to do that. Well, to continue our story, uh, we sailed away that afternoon on our wedding. Uh, my dad and my uh, cousin stayed on board to sail away with us, which was kind of cool. And uh, so then Monday and then Tuesday was the election of twenty of 2000. And the election at that time was between George Bush and Al Gore. So uh, we were enjoying the ship. Uh, and I have to tell you one other thing which makes this story even more interesting is in those days we didn't have televisions in the, in the cabins. The only television on board the whole ship was down at the Schooner Bar, which many of you who have sailed on Royal Caribbean are aware of the Schooner Bar. It's a very famous part of the ship. Uh, so that was the only television on board. So on uh, we, we had a great time on Monday. Tuesday was the election. And then Wednesday morning when we woke up, I said, Linda, why don't you call downstairs to the, to the front desk and ask them who won the election? So she dials, she gets the phone, and she's talking. She, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she hangs up the phone. She turns over. I said, well, so who won the election? She goes, nobody. I said, what? <laughs> How can we have an election and nobody's won? Well, as you know, it took another, what, 36 days or and the Supreme Court intervention and the hanging chads and the pregnant chads here in Florida to basically decide the election or the election stop the counting and say, okay, the election goes to George Bush. So that was my story about uh, how we got married. Uh, the reason I brought up about the television was every morning for the re- or during the day for the rest of the cruise, everybody on the ship gathered around this one television to find out, to update, to find out what was going on, how could this possibly be occurring, that we could have a, an election for the president of the United States and not have a winner at least the following morning. So I thought that might be interesting to you. Well, uh, just a quick note here. I want to uh, remind you that the Just Cruising podcast is brought to you by Cruise Holidays of Vieira. We are a boutique vacation and cruise planning store located in Melbourne, Florida. And if you're not familiar with that part of the world, we're right next to Port Canaveral. Uh, We've been in business for about 17 years now. We have been on, after that first cruise we took in uh, November of 2020, we've been on about 130 other cruises uh, with almost every single major cruise line in the world. So what that means to you is we have experience. We know the type of ships, the type of uh, cruises, the different lines offer, which helps you. You don't have to go out and do all that research and spend all of these hours reading reviews from Cruise Critic and all these other places out there on the internet. You can just give us a call at Cruise Holidays of Vieira and let us provide our experience to you to make sure that you get the very best cruise or vacation the next time you're ready to travel. We bring that expertise to you via boutique format. We are a very small operation, and that's a big advantage to you because you get very personalized attention. 
when you call us, the phone is answered in one or two rings. Um, you don't have to press one for English or two for Spanish, and you get to talk to people. Um, my wife, Linda, and I are the owners, and we have a wonderful administrative assistant, Wendy, cruise counselor, who helps us also. So please, we would be honored to plan your next vacation. You can contact us by going to our website at Just Cruising Vieira. And that's cruising without a G and Viera, V-I-E-R-A, or just Google Cruise Holidays of Viera, and it'll take you right to our website. Or you can give us a call, 321-242-1331. And until we reserve, we resume full cruising capabilities, we are on limited hours on our office, but we have a great answering machine. So if you give us a call, we'll get right back to you, either by phone or by email. Well, last Friday, uh, what was that, uh, October 30th, because Saturday was the Halloween the 31st, I was out playing golf late in the afternoon, and uh, as I do on the golf course, the great thing about golf is you do have time to do other things, I uh, had my cell phone in the cart, and I was watching the stock market, and all of a sudden I noticed uh, the cruise line stocks, which I keep a, an eagle eye on because I'm, I'm a shareholder, started moving up in price, I mean, dramatically, up 2 3 4%. I said, wow, what's going on there? I mean, why just before the close? This was like 3.30 in the afternoon with the close at 4 o'clock Eastern time. I said, wow, what's going on with these cruise stocks? And about that time, I got a text from Linda saying one of our clients had called, and she um, had received an email or, or some form of communication that the no-sale order that was um, going to expire on the next day, Saturday night, October 31st, and the CDC had lifted it. And that's why the stocks were going up. So I said, well, that doesn't sound like the CDC just to lift the order and we're going to go back to being cruising, going back to cruising. So uh, as soon as my round of golf was over about uh, 4.30, I jumped in my car and came over to the office, which is only a few minutes away from the golf course, and I started punching up the, the different news stories about this end of the no-sale order. And that's when I found out that the no-sale order had been um, replaced by uh, something called the Framework for Conditional Sailing, uh, which is extended through November of 2021. And I see, not that I don't trust the CDC, but I don't trust the CDC. And what they outlined was a 40 page document that provided for what I'm calling the long and winding road to the resumption of cruising here in the United States or in in America. And so, what I wanted to do was to uh, go over with you in detail some of the. Here's the report here. This is the 40 pages. Uh, that they put out. Now, I'm not going to read all 40 pages. We're going to go over some of the uh, the highlights. Um, in the exe- I'll start with the executive summary for this. This is the CDC's Framework for Conditional Sailing. <laughs> now, just think about that. Conditional sailing doesn't mean we open wide up, we're off, here we go on our merry way, we're back to the way we were before all of this started. Um, the uh, the framework is suggested guidelines before the CDC will allow us to start sailing, and even then, it's going to be in a restricted basis. So let's go over the executive summary to start with. Um, now, a, a little bit of background. I, I want to remind you in last week's podcast, we, I talked about that uh, the CDC had not extended the no-sale order, but they had originally wanted to extend that CD, that no-sale order through the end of February. 
And I said that, uh, and the, uh, apparently the White House, either Vice President uh, Pence or President Trump, had intervened and said, uh, well, this is, I'm sorry, when it was going to expire in September, they wanted to extend it through to February. And the White House says, no, you can extend it through October 31st. And I said at the time, the CDC is like a bunch of children. Um, they're not going to be happy. They're going to do something to prevent us from sailing through February because that's what they wanted to do to begin with. And, uh, you know, when bureaucrats don't get their way, they come up with other ways to get their way. And this is what this framework basically does. Okay. So they say the uh, announces this framework for a phased resumption of cruise ship passenger operations. The initial phases will consist of testing and additional safety. Cruise ship operators have, while these ship operators build the lab future passengers. Subsequent, I don't know why all of a sudden they got concerned with the health and the safety. I just really don't know where this is all coming from. But anyway, this is their no new cost celebrity to CDC. Subsequent phases will include simulated voyages to test cruise ship operators' ability to mitigate COVID-19 risk. Then certification for ships that meet specific requirements, and then a phased return to cruise ship passenger voyages in a manner that mitigates the COVID-19 risk among passengers, crew members, and U.S. communities. Now, what it doesn't say there is according to the CDC, okay? So um, these phases are subject to change based on public health considerations and cruise ship operators' demonstrated ability to mitigate COVID-19 risk. CDC will, addition, will issue additional orders as needed. That's why I say all of this is contingent on their approval that will be published in the Federal Register, and technical instructions will be subsequently posted to the CDC's website. Okay, so again, we don't have these technical specifications. We have this framework, and we're making guesses based upon that. But we don't really know what these technical um, uh, standards are going to be when uh, they actually publish these. Um, All of this applies to a cruise ship that carries 250 more individuals, and that includes passengers and crew, okay? Other than our little um, uh, dolphin tours that we take here in Brevard County of the Indian River, I don't know of any vessels that uh, meet this category other than all of our cruise ships. So let's look at some more details. Uh, Again, being a federal document, um, the first four pages have uh, contained the definitions, Um, all kinds of uh, background as to why the CDC considers cruise ships to be the most deadly and dangerous mode of transportation in the world and such that they have to oversee it with a firm hand to be able to protect you, the public, from the dastardly cruise operators that are trying to get you on board and sicken you as as soon as possible. And we're so fortunate to have these great people at the CDC that are protecting you from these evil people. As uh, indicated on page 14 of the framework, public health site, I'm sorry, public health oversight is further needed to correct a market failure stemming from information asymmetry. The public is often not fully informed in such a way to adequately determine the the extent to which any given measure mitigates their personal risk, particularly in light of asymptomatic cases. CDC, therefore, 
The CDC is therefore overcoming this market failure by ensuring that the measures taken by cruise ship operators are those are most likely to adequately mitigate such risk. So you can be unaware of the risk of uh, flying on an airplane, going to a hotel, going to Disney World. But when it comes to cruise ships, you need the CDC to overcome the market failure and ensure that uh, measures are taken to mitigate the spread of the C- of the COVID-19. CDC, all right, let's go into the framework and what it looks like. CDC intends to take a phased approach to resuming passenger operations. These phases include, number one, establishment of laboratory testing of crew on board cruise ships in U.S. waters. Number two, simulated voyages designed to test a cruise, ship's, uh, cruise ship operator's ability to mitigate COVID-19 on cruise ships, a certification process, and number four, a return to passenger voyages in a manner that mitigates the risk of COVID-19 introduction and also is approved by the CDC. So the CDC is going to determine when cruise lines can uh, continue or start their operations again. And it's not just based on uh, health either. There's um, CDC, as we'll find out later in this document, uh, is going to help with the marketing of cruises also. They're going to determine how we're going to market um, cruises. So now you see why I call this podcast The Long and Winding Road, and that's what it's, um, uh, thank you, Beatles, for that title. But uh, it, I think it adequately describes what this framework is going to entail. Okay. The director determines that measures taken by state and local health authorities regarding COVID-19 on board cruise ships are inadequate to prevent the further interstate spread of the disease. So, not only do you not know what's good for you when it comes to cruise ships, your state and local officials, they don't know either. Only, only the great white father of the CDC, uh, as I used to tell Native Americans, who is concerned about your safety, there in Washington, D.C., they are the only ones that can protect you from this dreaded disease. It says further, therefore, federal intervention is needed to require public health measures to prevent the further introduction, transmit or transmission, or spread of COVID-19 via cruise ships globally and into U.S. communities. We are so lucky to have the CDC and this federal intervention to protect us from a fate worse than death. So, I'm, you know, I'm. This is really good news. Okay. Now, um, this is the um, requirements for protection for crew, for cruise ship operators operating or intending to operate cruise ships. Um, And uh, what it's saying is that um, basically in in order to get a pratique, now I didn't know what a pratique was. Um, I thought I had a fairly good vocabulary. It's P-R-A-T-I-Q-U-E, a pratique. And a critique, uh, I had to look this up on the internet, is permission to have dealings with a port given to a port given, so you have to have permission from the port after a quarantine or showing a clean bill, bill of health. So before the cruise ships can be allowed back into U.S. Order, waters, um, they have to have um, a, a huge testing of all the crew members on board the ships. 
So that's number one. So we got to get the ships back here. We got to get the crew members on the ships. Then we have to have testing for the crew members plus a 14-day quarantine for all the crew members when they get back on the uh, on the ship. Okay. Uh, now let's go on to the general prohibition on a cruise ship operator's commencing or continuing passenger operations. This is what you need in order to um, to get um, uh, a permission, and this is called a conditional sailing certificate. Um, you must, the cruise ship operator must document the approval of all U.S. port and local health authorities where the ship intends to dock or make port during a simulated voyage or restricted passenger voyage. So uh, the written agreement, this is before we even get to bring the ship into, let's say, Port Canaveral so that we can do a simulated voyage. You have to have a medical care agreement between the cruise ship operator and healthcare entities addressing evacuation to onshore hospitals for passengers and crew in need of care. So you got to go, let's, I'm going to use Port Canaveral because I'm here. So we have to go to the Brevard County health officials and say, okay, if we need to evacuate people and put them in the hospital, um, will you know will you sign off on that, saying that we can do that? The approval, will you approve us to be able to do that? And um, then you have to have also a housing agreement between the cruise ship operator and one or more shoreside facilities for isolation and quarantine of COVID-19 cases and close contacts, okay? So that means if you were in a bar on the ship and um, let's say the guy uh, who is serving you the drinks behind the bar uh, test positive for COVID-19, you are then a close contact, all right? Uh, in a di- in a identified from, these are people identified from the day of embarkation through disembarkation for the voyage, okay? So you have to have the local health authorities sign off that you can put your cases in the hospital. You have to have a hotel or some sort of facility that says you can quarantine your people uh, if there's an outbreak of COVID-19. Again, this is on the simulated uh, voyages, okay? This is not on resumption of cruise passengers. A port agreement between the cruise ship operator and port authority to determine the number of cruise ships at at any single port in order not to overburden the public health response resources of any single jurisdiction in in the event of a COVID-19 outbreak. So you've got to have these three things. Now, before you um, then you're allowed to have your simulated voyages. Now, here's the minimum standards for the simulated voyages. Now, I'm only giving you all this detail, so I want you to get a sense of what it's going to take to get back to cruising. As a condition for applying for a COVID-19 conditional sailing certificate, a cruise ship operator must successfully, must have successes voyage or series of simulated voyages. I don't know what that means. I don't know if you do one, do you have to do three? I guess they're going to tell us all that later. This is what you need for your simulated voyages. You uh, have to have volunteer uh, passengers in writing. Uh, you have to know. You have to inform them in writing. You have to have volunteer passengers. All volunteer passengers must be at least 18 years or, or older. The, the operator must also obtain from all passenger volunteer passengers a written certification from a health care provider 
that the volunteer passenger has no pre-existing medical conditions that would place that individual at high risk for COVID-19 as determined through CDC guidance. I don't know how many doctors are would be going to be willing to sign off on that. There's a lot of liability involved suppose, uh, here, but we'll see. The cruise ship operator must conduct any simulation on a consensual basis and not as a condition of employment or in exchange for consideration of future reward. See how how minute the CDC is getting into who even the uh, passengers can be test passengers or the guinea pig passengers can be that's really none of the cdc's i don't see where they get involved as how you got your volunteer passengers the cruise ship operator must embark additional crew members beyond safe minimum manning levels only as determined through the cdc technical instructions so now the cdc is also going to tell you this is again the simulated voyages this has nothing to do with the resumption of cruise passengers the CDC is going to tell you what the manning has got to be on your cruise ship in order to do one of these. Do you see the power that they and at any phase of this thing, they can institute such onerous technical regulations that, um, uh, you know, it's going to be impossible to do this stuff. Uh, by the way, if you're just joining us, uh, I'm reviewing the CDC's framework for conditional sailing that they issued last Friday as a... Uh, requirement for us to resume passengers, cruise passengers operations in the U.S. Uh, okay, then okay, then the cruise ship operator must conduct a monitored observation period and laboratory testing of volunteer passengers, as directed by the CDC technical instructions, which they have not provided, prior to embarking passengers on a simulated voyage. Now, what does this mean? An monitored observation period is that going to be a week? Is that going to be two weeks? Where is it going to be monitored? Again, we don't know any of this stuff because we haven't gotten this. Uh, from the CDC. Now the CDC tells us what we what we're going to have to do on our simulated voyage. We have to have embarkation and disembarkation procedures, including terminal check-in, onboard activities, including at dining and entertainment venues, private island shore excursions if they are planned during the restricted voyages, evacuation procedures. So sometime during the uh, cruise or before it, you're going to have to practice evacuation. You're going to have to practice, if you're a volunteer uh, passenger on a simulated cruise, the transfer of symptomatic passengers or crews for those who test positive for COVID-19 from cabins to isolation. So somewhere along the simulated cruise, they're going to say, okay, you have been designated as a, been tested positive for COVID-19. You're going to be quarantined over in this cabin. Your wife or whoever's with you, they're going to stay in this cabin. I don't know what's going to happen with meals during this quarantine. Um, and then they're going to quarantine everybody else. Okay, so the whole cruise goes to lockdown in this simulated voyage. Uh, the cruise ship operator must meet standards uh, for hand hygiene, face covering, social distancing for passengers, as well as ship sanitation, as may be required by the CDC technical instructions, which we don't have. Okay, the cruise ship operator must modify meal service and entertainment venues to facilitate social distancing during the simulated voyage. The cruise ship operator must conduct laboratory testing of all passengers and crew on the day of embarkation and the day of disembarkation. Laboratory test results must be available prior to 
uh, passengers prior to embarking. So you go to the terminal, you're going to be tested. It has to be on the day, not like the airlines are talking about with set within 72 hours or what Hawaii's talking about within 72 hours on the day of embarkation. Then you have to be provided with the test results before you get on the ship that day. So I guess you sit around the terminal. I don't know. The rapid tests are supposed to take 15 minutes. Again, I doubt the accuracies of these things, but that's okay. Then prior to getting off the ship, you have to be tested, and you cannot get off the ship until you've been furnished with the results of the test. Okay? This is until we get the technical uh, instructions that we still don't have. CDC, listen to this. The CDC may require the cruise ship operator to immediately end the simulated voyage and take other action to protect the health and safety of volunteer passengers and crew if COVID-19 is detected during the simulation. I don't know what else they could do, but anyway. The cruise ship operator must document any deficiencies in its health and safety protocols through an after-action report and address how the cruise ship operator intends to address those deficiencies for a COVID-19 before you can get the conditional uh, sailing certificate. Now, uh, you still have to get the conditional certificate based upon your simulated voyage. Based on CDC's review review of the after-action report and or cruise ship operator's application for COVID-19, the CDC may request that the cruise ship operator modify its practices or procedures and or engage in additional simulated voyages prior to the issuance of the conditional certificate. So after you go through all those hoops, the CDC may decide you got to have some more of those simulated voyages. And again, all of this is, um, I'm bringing all of this up to show you how difficult it's going to be to tell you when we're going to be able to schedule a cruise and tell you when a cruise is actually going to be happening. Uh, Because we have to go through all this simulated voyages crap to uh, be able to get our conditional, uh, uh, um, conditional certificate. Now, this is the part that I really love because, remember, during all these no-sale orders, we went to the CDC, we uh, Royal Caribbean, Norwegian Cruise Lines, um, they empowered and paneled the Healthy Sail Panel. We came up with all of these protocols, 74 of them, and we talked to the CDC and said, how is this looking? The CDC, mum's the word, never said a word to us. Here's this, this sentence really gets me. CDC will respond to the written notice and request for approval to conduct a simulation in writing in a timely manner. They have done nothing in this whole procedure in a timely manner. CDC may deny the request to conduct a simulation if the ship, cruise ship operator is not in compliance with any of the provisions of the framework. Okay, so... We are still at their mercy. They, uh, you know, how fast they're going to respond to us is another one. Okay, we did our simulated voyage or voyages. Uh, the CDC, by the way, can resp- can come on board and inspect the ship, can inspect the records, can inspect. Uh, we so now not only do we have Coast Guard inspections; those all have to be done and approved by the CDC. We now have CDC inspections, so we've just added another layer in there to uh, the expense of a cruise and to the additional delays involved in a cruise. Now we're ready to apply for our conditional certificate so that we can then allow passengers, paying passengers on the ship.
Okay. Upon receiving the documentation required by this framework, CDC will review the application for completeness. Based on CDC's determination as to whether the cruise ship operator has met CDC's standards for mitigating COVID-19 on board the cruise ship, again, this is at the discretion of the CDC, for which the operator intends to commence restricted passengers, passenger operations, it shall grant or deny the application. So even after you've gone through all of these things, subjectively, the CDC is going to review it and determine whether you get this certificate. In addition, they may give you the certificate, but they may limit the terms or condition of a cruise ship operator's COVID-19 conditional certificate in regard to passenger or crew capacity. CDC is going to determine what the itinerary is going to be. CDC is going to determine what the ports of call. CDC is going to determine the length of the voyage. The CDC is going to determine the onboard or short side activities or in regard to any other crew, passenger or cruise ship operations as needed by the health and safety and crew on the public, uh, cruise as needed to the health and safety of passengers and crew or the public's health. It's very subjective, very broad as to what they can do. They can just decide, hey, we don't like the fact that you're going to the Bahamas, so you're going to have to change your itinerary. We're not going to give you a conditional certificate. I, I Again, I said this in several podcasts ago, who died and made the CDC king? Uh, okay, here is what you have to do to get your sailing certificate. Okay, something new. We're going to be hearing about this a lot. They got their sailing certificate, denied their sailing certificate, but stand by, guys. You're going to be hearing this. All right, this is what you got to do. You have to meet the following minimum standards. The cruise ship operator must, in its marketing materials, okay, now the CDC is telling us how we're going to publish brochures, how we're going to do advertising. Um, CDC, there's no part of a cruise operation that the CDC is not going to be in, uh, in charge of. Cruise, for those of you who own shares of stock and cruise lines, forget it. The board of directors, the operations department, none of those people are in control of the, the cruise line that's going to be making money for your stock. CDC is in charge of every part of a cruise, every single thing, down to the marketing materials. We must, and travel advisors are on the same thing, the cruise ship operator must, in marketing materials on its website and in offerings for voyages, notify prospective passengers prior to accepting a reservation of any CDC travel. We have to tell you about any CDC travel advisories. Right now, there's a travel advisory from the CDC that says you should not take a cruise. Okay, that's going to be in our marketing material. Um, such notification must further advise prospective passengers that if a threshold of COVID-19 is detected on board the cruise ship during a voyage, the voyage will be ended immediately and the ship returned to the U.S. port of embarkation and their subsequent travel, including their re return home, may be restricted or delayed. So CDC may say, okay, you have a COVID-19 outbreak, return to Port Canaveral. Those people who, as they did in California, uh, we're not going to take those people to military hospitals throughout the United States for 14 days while we quarantine them. That's what we're going to have to tell you before you book the cruise. Number two, this is what we have to do to get our conditional cruise certificate. The cruise ship operator must not sail or offer any itinerary longer than seven days. 
The CDC may shorten or lengthen the number of days permitted to sail based on public health consideration. CDC is now in charge of how many days we take our cruises on. The cruise ship operator must screen passengers and crew before they embark for signs and symptoms or known exposure to COVID-19 and listen to the known exposure to COVID-19 and deny boarding to anyone who is suspected of having COVID-19 or is an identified contact of a confirmed or suspected case in accordance with the CDC technical instructions. So, Here's an example. Uh, one of my golfing buddies sent us an email uh, before today's round that he was at a restaurant on Friday night. Uh, he was waited on by a waiter who had a mask and everything else. The waiter subsequently tested positive for COVID-19. He is now a determined close contact. So uh, you could have had dinner uh, three days before you got on the cruise, and you have to disclose, according to what they're talking about, that you are now a close contact, and then they could uh, deny you boarding, even though you're having a test. So why are we bothering with the test? Why are we bothering with face masks? The cruise ship operator must immediately conduct laboratory testing of any passengers and crew who report illness consistent with COVID-19 during the voyage with rapid point-of-care results. Identified close contacts of cases must be laboratory tested with rapid point-of-care results. You could wind up testing the whole darn ship. Um, the cruise ship operator must meet standards for hand hygiene. That's fine. Face coverings. That's fine. No, not really, but if you believe in that mask, then it is. And social distancing for passengers and crew, as well as ship sanitation as required by the CDC technical instructions, which we still do not have. The cruise ship operator must modify meal service and entertainment venues to facilitate social distancing. Okay, in... Uh, the CDC may require the following additional, a monitored observation period for passengers prior to embarking. We don't, what does that mean? Does that mean an hour, two hours, 24 hours, two days, 14 days? A post-day of disembarkation laboratory testing of passengers and crew. Additional laboratory testing of passengers and crew reporting and reporting of results during a voyage. This is what the CDC is going to be required. Okay, uh, management of passengers and crew from COVID-19 affected cruise ships for restricted passenger voyages. Based on a threshold of COVID-19 being detected in passengers or crew as determined by the CDC. We don't know what the threshold of positive cases on board a ship because the CDC hasn't told us. Is it 1%, 10%, two people, one person? Uh, again, CDC is in charge. Conduct such uh, now you have a you have a threshold of COVID nineteen tests which we don't know what that is. Then you have to do the following: you have to conduct such notification to passengers, crew members, and other government entities as CDC may require. Immediately in the restricted passenger voyage, cancel future restricted passenger voyages until directed by the CDC that such voyages may resume and return the ship to the U.S. port of embarkation. So do we know if it's going to be four passengers test positive? You have to return back to wherever you started from. Immediately isolate any sick or infected passengers and crew in single occupancy cabins. What does it mean by sick or infected passengers? Does that mean a te positive test? Suppose we have five. The other day we had eight crew members with false 
positive tests. And that, I mean, that's how, uh, so we can get eight passengers and we have to do the following. We have to isolate them uh, in a cabinet with a private bathroom and quarantine all remaining passengers. That means everybody else back to your stateroom, you're quarantined. Does that mean we're going to bring you meals because during the quarantine? So we're going to have to do a meal service in every cabin on the ship for whatever the threshold is that the CDC uh, has determined. Disembark and evacuation passengers and crew only in such a manner as prescribed in the cruise ship's operators pre-existing port and local health authority agreements. Arrange to disembark and transport, listen to this, arrange to disembark disembark and transport passengers and crew using non-commercial transportation. That means you have to have chartered buses if that's get you back home, chartered uh, aircraft. How are the cruise lines going to be able to uh, provide this type of non-commercial travel? Uh, Okay. So that's pretty much it. And now you see why I uh, entitled this The Long and Winding Road. Uh, a couple of other articles uh, I wanted to share with you, uh, just reviewing some of what the stock analysts have said about this conditional sale order. Uh, several in- cruise industry analysts predict that a resumption of commercial cruises is unlikely until February, and that's kind of my feeling also. Uh, let's say we get the simulated voyages going. Let, let's say we got really lucky. Today's the uh, 5th of November, and we did our first simulated voyage um, uh, the 1st of December. And let's say it took us 30 days to get all the simulated voyages done, get all the documentation done. And then we said we could start sailing on 1 January. I think that's way too optimistic. I think we don't even get started with the simulated voyages until January. And then we can start operating. Let's say if I'm really optimistic uh, in February, we may be able to operate those voyages. The problem is going to be how do we get you notification? When do we schedule voyages that we actually know are going to go? We have all these voyages on on the books, but we have no idea. And we've all been through all of these cancellations and everything else. Anyway, uh, they note in this document or in this article that the application for the conditional sailing certificate must be made at least 60 days before the launch of passenger service. Um, so that takes us out to January as far as I'm concerned. One of the uh, analysts who is my favorite, she is really good, good. Her name is Robin Farley, and she works for UBS. And she is the cruise analyst. Uh, she does a lot. She does leisure stocks, I think, because she does the casinos and uh, resorts and things like that. And the title of her article, this is Robin Farley of UBS, is Restart Not Prohibited, But Restart Not Yet Allowed. Uh, she said that the requirements for cruising that play, replace the no-sale order and the description of timing sounds a lot like the no-sale order, but without a set period of expiration. So that's why I say the CDC, the children at the CDC got their way. They got us to not be able to cruise until February, which is what they wanted all along. And uh, they did it with a sleight of hand and replaced, okay, White House, you don't want a no-sale of order? Fine by us. We'll give you this conditional sale of order, sailing order, which is going to be even worse than the no sale order. So, uh, and a reference. The reason she says this is published. She references published reports that CDC Director Robert Redfield had at one point hoped to push the no sale order expiration to February. Farley said the timeline of the requirements would likely put 
push revenue cruises to February. Um, okay. Patrick Scholes of Truist Security said the order, there's a pathway forward, but it's hardly an easy one or a quick one. Uh, he says, based on the conditions, he believes no restart will happen until at least February in the best case scenario. During the ramp, according to, um, this is from Patrick Scholes, during the ramp up phase, we believe there will be an intense microscope placed on the cruise lines by the CDC and the media. In our view, as the COVID curve in the U.S. has yet to be flattened, is trending upwards in many states, there is significant risk things might not initially go smoothly. The onus is placed on the cruise lines to get it right, and if they do, their shot stocks should be rewarded accordingly. Scholl said he expects that many, now this is something I hadn't thought about, many law firms are waiting in the wings if the cruise lines fail to prevent any outbreaks aboard their ships. There is now a pathway forward for the cruise lines, but we continue to believe that it will take a widely distributed vaccine for this industry to really begin to return to normal. And I'm starting to begin to be a believer of that also. I'm starting to believe that no matter what we do on a cruise ship, the CDC is not going to like what we're doing, and they're going to keep us from sailing. Well, uh, once again, I was hoping to bring a, be able to bring you some more good news. I know a lot of you are very much dying to get back on a cruise ship as well as we are. I can only assure you that as soon as we are able to offer a group sailing on a cruise ship, we will be there and we will be escorting you and your and us and our group on board the very first cruise ship that sails any, out of Port Canaveral. We're going to be on board it. So until that happens, uh, I invite you to tune in again next week to Just Cruising. We've enjoyed having you with us. Hope you've enjoyed the broadcast. And until we see you again, keep on cruising. <laughs>